when you listen and you talk and you look at what is happening in the cities and in the state of New York in general, as much as the eastern seaboard and many of the blue states, there's one thing that is clear. Crime is the biggest concern. Crime is the biggest problem. And yet, many of the elected leaders in these areas are clueless on crime. But not Lee Selden, not Tom Smith. Many of these Republican leaders are openly talking about the problems of dealing with crime. And so are the people who live in their communities. Let's listen to Philip Wong. He is an Asian American, been in business, been active in this community, and knows something about the impact of crime and how he's had to deal with it, impacting families who live in the areas that he is in, in Flushing, in Massapequa, and in other parts of Queens, unlike of New York. And let's listen to some of those who live in Queens, not just me talking. Even though I do live in Queens myself, but it's something that needs to be discussed. Let's have a conversation on crime. About uh, affirmative action in universities, you wrote, you argued that opposition to race-based affirmative action, I'm going to quote you now, is rooted in part in the belief that racism and systems that imposed barriers based on race in American society no longer exist, end quote. I, I've been under the impression that the argument was actually the opposite, that race-based affirmative action imposes race-based barriers on particular racial groups. Now, your article was about the Harvard case, so I take it you're familiar with that case. Is that fair to say? Uh, thank you, Senator, for the question. Yes, I was writing an article following the decision that was made by the First Circuit um, that, in that particular piece of Bloomberg. Gotcha. So the court documents, court filings from that case, from the Harvard case, state that, quoting now, Asian Americans needed SAT scores that were 140 points higher than white students, all other quantifiable variables being equal to get into these elite schools. The same court filings also show that Asian American students uh, who had the same score as African American students were about 25% likely to get into Harvard, whereas the African American student was 95% likely to get into Harvard. So basically, what, what the documents show is, and I don't know if there's much dispute about this, that Asian Americans are systemically discriminated against with these race-based policies. That's a problem, don't you think? Senator, I will say, and thank you for the question, I'm not intimately familiar with the entirety of the report or all of the, the information that's contained in it. I know it is cited um, in the case. However, um, I would say that with the case that was before the court and currently now is on certiorari and coming before the Supreme Court, um, that the issue of race as a factor um, in admissions and utilized in universities is obviously what's going to be contemplated by the court and understanding that the strict, strict scrutiny standard is applicable. Um, it would be a determination as to whether or not uh, there's a compelling governmental interest and if it's narrowly tailored to afford that interest for all um, who are asserting the argument. Yeah, but is it is it a problem? I guess my question is, is it a problem for universities to make it harder for members of a certain race to be admitted to their university to do it deliberately? Is that is that a problem? That's what your article's about. I'm I'm asking you've expressed an opinion on this, so I'm just asking about your opinion. Don't you don't you think that's a problem? 
Senator, thank you for the question. The article was, was written in the context of really providing, um, in essence, a procedural roadmap of what had transpired. Yeah, but um, you, ex you expressed, already. though, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, it's just mm -hmm. I've got so little time and I have the article in front of me. I enjoyed reading it. But, but you, you expressed your personal views, which is fine, by the way, I'm just asking you about them, your personal views on this case. And, and you say that the arguments of those who are arguing against Harvard's policies um, are actually anti-diversity. You say that they fail to overcome a principle that's of paramount importance to the country. I'm quoting you now, diversity matters and its value is immeasurable, especially in education. I'm just asking you whether or not having Asian Americans present and able to be admitted on a fair basis with members of other racial groups, if, if that isn't in fact a, an interest that serves diversity. I mean, don't you think that that's important? Senator Harley, to your question and thank you again for it, what has been stated by the court through years of dialogue and deliberation over this specific issue of affirmative action is that diversity matters. And, and does that include for Asian Americans? For everyone. And, and that's your personal opinion too? I'm stating based upon how the court has, I, I'm not putting my personal opinion. I, I believe that if I'm so fortunate to be confirmed to the district court that my personal opinion would have no role in the deliberations that I would conduct. I would base all of my decisions on the facts presented, the arguments presented by counsel and or the individual litigants, as well as the law and apply the law and precedent um, to whatever's presented to me. But you, surely you could agree with the statement at this level of generality that discrimination, deliberate discrimination against Asian Americans is wrong. Is that fair to say? Senator Hawley, I say that discrimination is is prohibited, um, and people who are discriminated against under the law, obviously, the work I also do in terms of employment discrimination, if someone is discriminated against based on a protected category, that that is something that they, um, that's protected against under the Constitution. But it's not wrong? I mean, you can't you can't just say it's, it's, it's wrong? I'm trying to understand why you're splitting the hairs the way you're splitting them. Senator, I'm not splitting hairs. Discrimination is, is, is illegal. But my question to you is, discrimination against Asian Americans is wrong. Yes? Discrimination against anyone is wrong. Yes. Let, Judge Perez, let me... Believe it or not, there really seems to be a major push online to not even discuss the issue. I've been looking for different topics and different people to, to talk about this, and I, I can't even find, except for you know a couple of Senate hearings and... Uh, some videos online and some of the stuff that's about five, six, three, four, five years old. You can't really find new stuff on this thing that is in a positive light about this hearing that's coming up at the Supreme Court. And it is a really strong lobby by Harvard, Yale, and other Ivy League schools. Obviously, they don't want it discussed. One of the people who took up cudgels and discussed it was Joe Rogan. Here's what Joe had to say. Like in Harvard, it's more difficult for Asian people to get in than anybody else. Really? Yeah. There's I, a lawsuit about it right now. Yeah. Apparently, they have so many Asian folks that uh, were getting into Harvard that they decided to specifically tailor their tests to make it more difficult, or their requirements, or what they, uh, what they're, what. See, I don't want to fuck this up because uh, Andrew Yang's people were the ones who were talking to me about it. One of the guys who came last time when Andrew Yang was here. Nice guy, that Andrew Yang. He's a great guy. <clears throat> yeah. He's a great guy. I hope he runs again. 
Well, he's going to run for mayor of um, of New York City. He's running right now, and it's him and this other gentleman who was uh, I forget what he did, but this other guy carries a fucking gun, and he's talking about like ramping up police presence, and uh, he's a black guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are behind him. And they think like this is what we need to turn the city around. Like they need to respect law and order, right. and they need to do something about the fucking crime. There's a shooting spree in Times Square. There, yeah, there yeah, a four-year-old got yeah, shot. A woman and her daughter. It's crazy. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah, America's appeals up. court rules Harvard doesn't discriminate against Asian American applicants. Oh, okay. So this is the federal appeals court in Boston has ruled Harvard doesn't intentionally discriminate against Asian American applicants. So what is the argument? So listen to the, where the ruling came out of an appeals court in Boston. <laughs> yeah, an appeals court in Boston. We're probably half the people working there, uh, the clerks and everybody else goes to an Ivy League school, either Boston College, Harvard, Yale, whatever's in the area. Now, let's go back to Joe. Because there was a lot of Asian people that were insisting that that was the case. Said the statistical evidence did not show that Harvard intentionally discriminated against Asian Americans. Students for Fair Admissions, an advocacy advocacy group, uh, first filed its lawsuit in 2014, saying it's Harvard that Harvard's race-based considerations for applicants discriminated against Asian American students in process. Today's decision once again finds that Harvard's admission policies were consistent with Supreme Court precedent, Supreme Court precedent, and lawfully and appropriately pursue Harvard's efforts to create a diverse campus that promotes learning and encourages mutual respect and understanding in our community. So like, what is the argument though? I Opponents think- are ending race-based considerations at U.S. universities were unfazed by Thursday's decision to plan to bring the case to the Supreme Court. So what does it say? What is the question? Okay, the question of how much race should be a factor in college applications is a hotly contested one. President Trump's administration has challenged college on using race in admission policies claiming such practices violate federal law. Last month, the Department of Justice filed a lawsuit against Yale University, saying its policies violate the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Yale has said the lawsuit is baseless. What are schools' admissions rules, though? That's what I'm confused with. Well, so, so basically what, what Joe doesn't take up here because he's going through this whole thing, and I, I don't want to even take up too much time from this because I'm not supposed to be playing other people's podcasts on my podcast. But essentially what they're saying is that, uh, you know, the, the test scores. So basically if somebody gets a test score of 1,500 and you're Asian, uh, that's the threshold for you to be on the outstanding level that Harvard requires. If you're white, it has to be above 1,350. So you see the disparity right there. So if you're a white student, you get in at 1,350 if you can do that and you meet certain requirements, right? Now it goes further down the ladder. If you're a mixed race, it goes to a different lower level. If you're Hispanic, it goes again to a lower level. I think it's around 1100. And if you're African-American, it can be as low as 870, depending on where you're from in the African-American community. And that is just unfair. College is supposed to be merit-based, you know, and and it, it just doesn't make sense that this should be allowed in any country. In fact, in other parts of the country, this is not allowed at all. The the uh, colleges are restricted, for example, in California, where I went to high school, from uh, looking at this figures, there are eight other states, along with California, making it nine, um, that, that uh, do not allow race to be an issue in this topic. 
and it has worked for them. And they still have a substantial number of minority students. In fact, the vast majority of students in California's universities and colleges, both private and state, are minority students and students from other countries. So that is a key factor and a key reason for this argument. And that is what this protest is about. So let's go listen to Philip Wong. He's talking about it more now. Thanks, Joe Rogan. Always nice to listen to Joe and maybe quote him a little bit directly. Mm, now, if I can just find where my podcast is. Uh, I think I'll be, I'm like preaching to the choir, so I'll make it short. But before I start, I want to share uh, two stories. Uh, over the weekend, I was in the Boston area because my daughter will be a high school senior this September and she's applying for colleges and then as promised, I'll take her to, to tour the colleges she wants to apply. Okay? And uh, uh, I, was, uh, I was touring a Tufts and then Northeastern and Harvard. The story I want to tell you is really short. Harvard is a bookstore, so co-op, C-O-O-P. So that was walking in, right, walking, and the first thing I saw was the table, and the table was up to my eye with books. And the name of the book, How Civil War Start and How to Stop Them. Think about that. And then books were flying out the shelves, people were lining up to buy the book. This is where we're going. Think about it. This is Harvard Bookstore. That's my first story. Second story. This morning, I had to go to a funeral. Uh, it was a kid that, that graduated from uh, uh, Kings County Community College. He was 19. He went to BJ's shop last week. His name was Derek Chen, C-H-E-N. Uh, he bought something and put it in his backpack and somebody targeted him, followed him to the parking lot took out a gun and said, give me a backpack. And he started grabbing it. And his instinct was to want to hold on to his backpack. Whatever was in the back, we don't know, okay? And I think it was late. He didn't, he didn't let go on time and boom, he was shot. He was killed on the spot. Derek Chen, 19 years old. His parents are devastated because of China's one child policy. He was the only son in the family. And the parents don't even have a reason to live anymore. Okay, so uh, because of uh, the Brooklyn uh, GOP, I was invited to, to the funeral, so I bought a bouquet of flowers and the Tony Nunziato's flowers. And uh, the parents were just like devastated. They, they, don't, they don't have a reason to live. All for some, some lousy thing that, that he bought, right? The perpetrator was caught, was arrested, and guess what? He's eligible for a bail hearing. There's a bail hearing next week for somebody that that's just shot and killed somebody. And this is the state of craziness we're in right now, where people can shot, shoot somebody, and be eligible for bail. You, you, you are, uh, and of course, preaching to the choir. Uh, we're not sending the right message. The message we're sending him now is that it's okay. It's okay to do whatever we're doing. It's okay to push an Asian into the subway tracks. It's okay to kick somebody in the head when they're picking up soda cans and then wind up brain dead. They, all these people, they call them Asian hate attacks, have nothing to do with guns, 
they, they, they were pushed. They were pushed and they were targeted because they were Asians. And this is my organization is dealing with right now, other than civil rights, discrimination lawsuits, we're dealing with Asian hate crimes. I myself, uh, my organization filed lawsuits to defend uh, the specialized high schools. The Blasio wanted to eliminate them. Then uh, uh, I myself uh, uh, worked with a lobbyist firm to, to instead of eliminating the gifted and talented program, we were successfully able to save the program. Uh, but unfortunately right now, Eric Adams still won a lottery system to be on these gifted and talented programs. So the same kid that got a 95 average have the same chance to get into the school as this kid that's failing. And that is the problem. And that is why we have so many kids leaving our public school system. COVID is one reason, but the other reason is that there's no longer a merit-based system in our public school system. It's all lottery, lottery. Now, if you bought last week's Queen's Courier, there's a full-page ad. This parent called Chi Lao, C-H-I-L-A-U, Chi Lao, he bought a full-page ad. He paid $1,400, telling everybody that his son in, uh, I believe, IS 128, right? 128. His average was like 97, 98. He applied for 12 schools and he got done. He was declined all 12 schools and instead he is placed with a school in East New York. Hear me out. FDNY High School in East New York. The father was outraged. One, he didn't apply to this school. And two, he lives in Middle Village and DOE doesn't care how is he gonna commute from Middle Village to East New York. Oh, by the way, it's two buses and one subway, right? And finally, he has never heard of the school. He didn't apply to the school. Why was he Why was he even assigned to it? He went to the superintendent's office and got nothing and say, sorry, nothing we could do. So the parent bought the full page ad and said, we're leaving the public school system. We're going, either we're gonna move out of New York City or we're gonna send my kid to charter school if he could get in. And this is the kind of madness we're dealing with right now, right? So-called equality, you're just forcing kids, forcing families to move out of the city. And once they move out, we're losing the tax base. Remember the Browns in the 80s, where homes are sold for $1 a building? It wasn't that long ago, right? It wasn't that long ago, right? And it took, it took President Reagan to come in to fix it. Right, uh, he, 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 like, he demolished all the uh, vacant houses and uh, built affordable ones. You know why he did that? Nancy Reagan was born in the Bronx. Uh, something new, right? So, Reagan fixed it up, thank God. But we're heading that way again. We see a max exodus everywhere. Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan. And hopefully, we can do something about it by raising everyone's consciousness to get out and vote. Because is clearly a group of people that wants to dismantle this country and they start with the education system. I went through this, well not me, but my parents escaped communist China because of the Cultural Revolution and what they had to go through. They burn up all the books and say, study Chairman Mao's book and that's all you need to know, right? And over here we're dealing with what? Sex changes, gender changes, they throw out all the books. Drag queens, right? Kids have the right to choose their sex. What do they know? 
No, but it's a whole, no, they're okay, they're okay. We have seen library books that's promoting gender changes. Trust me on this, okay? Or you can go to the library, go to a school library of your choice and check out. I wanna see, they don't call it critical race theory here, they call it CRSE, Cultural Responsive Sustaining Education Curriculum. Same crap, same crap, same crap. Promoting hetero, uh, homosexuality, gender changing, and cross-dressing, right? And this is what we're dealing with. They're destroying the country and they start with the public school system, right? And it's out there. These books are already out there. The teachers are out there. They're teaching this stuff right now as we speak, right? And this is why we say we're in trouble. So get out the vote, get people to vote, and make a difference this November. That's my job. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, everyone. Uh, my name is Thomas Mitch. I'm running for Congress here in District 6 in Queens. And uh, hearing about this and studying this, uh, I come to one conclusion. This little book here, the United States Constitution, nothing in here says anything about coming back to the power. Just like we went through for the last two years, mandates, laws, and everything. It is unconstitutional. Affirmative action will be on the doctors and will be challenged and taken down. We have gone on with this far too long in America, almost 60 years. Sandra Day O'Connor said it should take about 25 years to iron out the differences and straighten out the country. Well, it's been 60 years, and it's about time with this case and with the Asians standing up with the courage that they have to fight this in our country because we're supposed to have not diversity, equality. Judge me not on the color of my skin. Martin Luther King died for that. And I am willing to die for that. And I stand with the Asian community here today, going forward to represent you down in Congress and we will fight this for everyone. Everyone here in the United States deserves equality, equality not this diversity and quota system, okay? You have to earn it. There is no participation trophy here for this, okay? You will earn it, and the Asian community has earned a lot of the respect for their knowledge and commitment to American values, studying and getting higher and moving up the ladder and making life better for the future of their children and themselves, businesses and investments and everything. They know what it's like to be in other countries and not have that opportunity. Let's not fail the Asian community now. Let's strike this down and bring the equality back to everyone in this country. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Tom. Okay, back to- I'm Lee Zeldin. My daughters have always been featured humorously in my ads. But with violent crime escalating across New York, even right here on our own front lawn, this is no time for humor. It's time for action. Kathy Hochul failed you. I won't. My first day as governor, I'll declare a crime emergency. I'll stop Hochul's cashless bail and fire weak prosecutors. Vote like your life depends on it. Because it does. As the courts decide on issues of discrimination, there is another issue of 
well-balanced treatment before the law and rights. You see, the city of New York has decided to set up tent cities and is taking an urgent action to immediately deal with thousands of migrants who have come and some have been brought in by the federal government, some have been brought in by state governments and given them a tent city in order to stay. But many residents are upset because our own people who are now in their luck, who have been through unfortunate times and who are homeless are suffering. And yet they, it seems, are not being given the same amount of care by Mayor Adams in the city of New York as others see. It seems that others come first before citizens of the city of New York. Let's listen to what Mayor Adams has to say about that. Yes. First question is this. So you opened a new facility on Randall's Island for migrants the other day. It's uh, literally a hop, skip, and a jump from a homeless shelter that was built in an old 65-year-old uh, psychiatric facility, which is crumbling and horrible. The elevators don't work. The food is terrible. The people are all upset, and they say it's unfair that the migrants who are coming in from another country are being treated so well with nice facilities when they, who are Americans and who are New Yorkers, are living in squalor. And they're asking for you to go and take a look at the conditions that they're living in and to do something about the conditions they're living in, your reaction to their charges of unfair treatment. Yeah, right, right. I like that. Uh, and you didn't hear that. We say we're sending the workers over to fix the shelter. Uh, prior to their invite, I was on Randall's Island. I went to Randall's Island to visit some of the shelters. It must have been around about 11, 30, 12 uh, a.m. at night. I went to see the conditions uh, to visit there. Uh, help is over there. I think it's Help USA. Yes, I, I went. So I've, I have been there. I visit homeless shelters. They hate it. They think it's terrible. Right. And so this is not about comparing those who need assistance and care from the city. We're not doing that. And we're not going to, uh, you speak to some that will look at who's there in the shelter on Randall's Island and say, well, why am I not on Randall's Island surrounded by water? There's always going to be reasons that people are going to feel as though someone else is getting something better than them. My job is to make sure everyone gets a place to sleep that's safe, three meals a day, and the support that they need so they can cycle out of being in the shelter. And that's what we're, that's what we're doing. And those who want to come and see what those asylum seekers are receiving over uh, in the HERC, then we allow them to do so. But remember, there's a lot of people that are saying that we shouldn't even have the HERC. 8.8 million people, 35 million opinions. Conversations of crime. It's almost criminal to think that some of our leaders are just letting the criminals go, not charging them. But there are district attorneys like Alvin Bragg who won't implement the law. But there are people like Letitia James who only cares about her political rivals and opponents and those she can oppress. Because she feels there's something that happened in her past that has to be rectified by her punishing people in her future. That is wrong. And that's why don't vote for people like Alvin Bragg and Letitia James. 
or for that matter, governors who can't govern, who can't implement the law, who can't protect their people. They have no right to be in power with a mandate to rule. Because actually, at the end of the day, it's up to you to decide what they do. I'm Michael New York. God bless you. God bless all of us. God bless this vote made goodness sake. Some good come out of it. May we all truly be blessed. I need the United States of America and in this wonderful state of New York. There is a hope and a future. There is many things that the city has gone through. And it can rise again. God bless.